Recording straight out of Fife, Scotland. You're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts Stuart Sutherland and the Magic Mike Christie. Yo. Hello and welcome to episode 241 of the Films and Swearing movie podcast. We are now at 1988 in our 80s season and today we will be talking about Martin Breasts. Yeah, Martin Breasts. Martin Breasts. Midnight Run. Yeah. I'm actually so fucking glad we're talking about this one. <laughs> well, you, you more or less cried dibs on Twitter, much like myself when we done uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. This is, fuck it, we're doing this film, there's no poll, it's happening, yeah. end I of. I think it was going to be one of the films I was going to like, lobby for in, like, in the vote, but it's because somebody put it up on Twitter the other week. And I was just I was like, fuck it, let's just do it. Aye. Let's just do it, because it was on now TV at the time, and we like, agreed that we were going to do it. And then obviously we went and watched, went to go watch it last night, it wasn't there. Aye. So, um, do we attempt a quick film quiz? Yeah, going then animated, it's uh, basically just an animated quiz, eh? That's Aye. what's fucking left, the my ones here. Now, is this... What's all the burn ones? I, I've been tearing them up, so I know right, my... Um, right, that's the ones that we... They're still... That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's an old question. Uh, right. Okay, I'm going to start you off with an animated one. Yeah. In the 1941 movie Dumbo, uh, for what was the little elephant ridiculed? Is it for him big ears? Aye. Yeah, I have not touched the new one, and I probably won't. I know it's got Danny DeVito in it, but... Yeah. Uh, these, too much. These, these live action remakes just... Nah, just fuck off. Well, Aladdin was alright. I, I enjoyed that. And Lion King looks interesting, but the mm. rest, not so much. Because yeah, me, we've got... We're getting a live action Mulan. Lady and the Tramp in November. Yeah. That's four live-action Disney films this year. Yeah. Like, they're going to run out of ones to fucking make. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if they'd done a live-action remake of Basil the Great Mouse Detective. I'd probably watch that, because I loved that <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. Um, For which film was the song Take My Breath Away written? Wait, and that was an action one. Yeah. I reckon. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Top Gun. Yeah. I was going to say the fucking bodyguard, and that, and then I hesitated. Thank fuck. Um. What is the name of the kingdom over which Elsa reigns in Frozen? Oh my fucking god! Fuck you and your fucking animated films. Oh, I haven't seen Frozen. Eh. Uh... Polar Palace or something? Fuck knows. Ardendale. Ah, uh, yeah. That's making up for me not fucking knowing about Texopolis for a fucking emoji movie. Ah. In which city sewers is flushed away based? London? Yeah. 
All right, all right. I'm glad I wasn't any more specific. Never, never really watched. I've always seen bits of it, but I've never sat and watched that one fully. Mm. It's at that stage where it's that Aardman animation, but I think it was digital. But they still made them look like clay figures. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't for it. Uh, the Peanuts movie stars which cartoon beagle? <laughs> I'm going to be on three here, eh? Um, what the fuck's a beagle? A dog. Oh, it's no Snoopy, yeah. It's Snoopy. Yeah. Aye. Because I remember it for Charlie Brown. Charlie and Brown and the Peanuts gang. Yeah. Hooray, I'm not on three. <laughs> I says. In a little mermaid, for how many days does the sea which Ursula agree to make Ariel human? Oh fuck! I I don't know. Fourteen days. Three. Three. All right. I would never have got that because I I wasn't a no. little mermaid fan. I think I saw it when it came out on night when we probably rented it from Walkers as a kid. Yeah. But never saw that again. So uh, is that me to you one? Yeah. Okay. Uh. Here's an easy one for you. Who is the voice of Princess Fiona in Shrek? Uh, Carmen Diaz. Yep. Motherfucker put it back. Two and two. Aye. Two two. Uh, um, who played the slave Spartacus in the 1960 movie of the same name? Um, it, uh, Kirk Douglas. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking, that's like a three hour Kubrick film I've yet to see. It's on Netflix. It is. It is. I just need to find three hours to sit and watch it. I just need to find three hours and a half to watch The Irishman when it comes out. <laughs> I've not even ventured into that second trailer because I didn't Is that one it. that came out today? Yeah, it's all, it's all about de-aging him, Pacino is. and Pesci. I've seen like that screenshot of four different De Niro's, one where like he was in war... One looked like a good fellas, the other one kind of looked like um, years later, and then one where they've actually, I feel like they've aged up more. Yeah, it's got grey hair and all that. Aye, yeah. so our film's going to be trippy. I hope, I hope it's going to be good. Aye, I hope it's good, yeah. So. Right. Burn these motherfuckers to the ground. <laughs> Fucking animated, fuck off. So, let's... So yes, we are going to be talking about The Midnight Run from director Martin Brest. Now, I did have a note. Actually, I had a lot of notes. All typed up nice and proper. I had everyone's name, what they did on IMDb, and I forgot to email those notes home. So Uh, they're on the desktop of my work uh, computer. Well, luckily for you, I've got a decent amount of notes. But I feel Martin had some decent directing credits to his name. Then let me have a quick wee look. Um, yeah, so he directed Beverly Hill Cop. Yep. Never knew that. He directed Scent of a Woman, Opportunity Place like Blind War. Yeah, I've, I've always know. heard of it, but I've never ever seen I've it. I've seen bits of it, but I've never seen it. Meet Joe Black. I never had the urge to watch. Um, 
what else? Oh, his last one was that Jigly. Jigly. Oh my god. Is that not like yeah. suppose that terrible Ben Affleck film? Yeah, he didn't do a lot of films, eh? No. He done one episode of Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. He then done Bailey's Hill Cop, then Midnight Run. Yeah, he only directed five films. Sorry. Six films. And isn't dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's normally why things suddenly stop. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, now, so from director Martin Brest, the film stars, let me pull that back up, ah, I'll mention it was also written by George Gallo, who's got a writing credits for Bad Boys. Ah. So I'm not sure if he came up with the characters or just was involved with it. But mm-hmm. the film stars Robert De Niro as Jack Walsh, Charles Grodin as Jonathan Marducas, uh, Yafet Koto as Alonzo Mosley. That's a fucking drinking game. Every time somebody says Alonzo Mosley, like I'm Alonzo Mosley. Yeah. Fucking take a drink. Uh, John Ashton is Marvin. That's a drinking game as well for every time it says Marvin, look out. <laughs> uh, Dennis Farina is uh, Jimmy Sereno. Joe Pantoliano is Eddie Big Moscone. Uh, we've got Richard Fargioni as uh, Tony. Robert Miranda as Joey. And a few other motherfuckers. Yeah. What? There's another fucking drinking game in this fucking film. Every time De Niro drops a "You motherfucker, yeah. you," aye, or every time someone's been bugged <laughs> and being followed and being tapped. Yeah. Yes, there's a lot of fucking parties in this film. Yeah. Uh, Mike, go and tell me what is the plot to um, Midnight Run. An ex-cop slash bounty hunter is tasked with bringing in an accountant after he embezzled fifteen million dollars of mob money while fending off the FBI, rival bounty hunters, and the Mafia. Yes. And, Mike, what do you think of the film? Uh, uh, I love this film. Like, I've said this for years. This is easily one of Bob De Niro's like, forgotten films. Mm-hmm. Like Nobody talks about it nearly near as much as what they should. Aye. Like, uh, uh, it's just like, really enjoyable to watch. Aye, totally. I'm... Um... I was the same, I do really like this film as well. When watching it, well, and leading up to watching it, I always remember it being good, but when you watch it, you forget how good it is. Yeah. And it's a whole mixture, like, even, like, in the first two minutes, like, there's that opening sequence oh, where... Oh, to get the guy in the apartment block. Aye, where he's fucking trying to pick the lock and drops the needle, and as he ducks down, the fucking shotgun blasts yeah. through the fucking door. And he's fucking chasing the boy in there, fucking Marvin. Oh, with the car door. Aye. Like, I love that fucking, that trick. That aspect, yeah. Like, that always seems to be, like, Marvin's go-to move. Driving past him, they just kick the fucking driver's door open and wipe out the <laughs> cunt. Yeah. Uh, and it is, it's just, like, the fucking, hey, Marvin, look! What? Punching the pus. Yeah. Aye. It's gold. Um, and this is it. It's De Niro doing, sort of, comedy. 
because this is in amongst the time where let's say he's sort of between films he's done I think uh, Untouchables yeah and then he's got like Goodfellas coming up after it and yeah, kind so, of like serious roles. Like, ah, yeah, totally is a, proper. This mob. is a bit more like light-hearted sort of thing. Exactly, and it's it's not like it's a family film. It's yeah. Well, the amount of fucking swearing on it, but it must easily be a fifteen. Yeah, but it's one of these ones where it isn't incredibly violent. Yeah, like there, there's not really any blood. Sure, there's lots of fucking shooting going on. Yeah, but but there's not really anything proper. Like violent, eh? Yes, aye. It, it's comical. Yeah. In the way the violence it's is handled. For, it's played for fun, kind of thing. Exactly. I think the only real scene where you see people dying is the bit where he takes out the helicopter with the handgun. Yes, aye. And, I mean, who doesn't love fucking. Uh, is, it, is it Charles? Grodin. Aye. Yeah. Like, the the fucking dad for Beethoven. Yeah, like, that was like that was their childhood. Like, exactly. Being in that. Aye. And I, can't think of him being in much other no. films that I recognise him. I think I did send you a picture of him in a Ben Stiller movie with Adam Driver from last year. I think it's like while we were young and Charles Grodin is like a, like a grandfather or something in that film. And it's just one of these things you watch like, oh yeah, fucker, he's aged horribly. <laughs> and you're thinking, wait a minute, oh, you, you just watch him for the fucking 80s. Of course he's fucking about 30 years older now yeah that's what happens when you fucking add 30 years to a person so yeah nah fucking I really enjoy this film uh, do you have any early memories of it no this wasn't a film uh, I seen till I was probably over over the age of 15 anyway I think I come into this film into my maybe my early 20s yeah and I think it was just, it was on TV one night, I think. And I just caught, like, the, like, the red, like, I missed the first 20 minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I just stuck with it. And it's just, it's just been one of the films that, like, every time it's on TV, like, I'll, I'll pull a stick it on. Yeah. And, I, like, the rewatch factor on it is, like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, like, the nice guys with... Gosling and Russell Crowe. Ah, right. Like, I probably will watch this film at least once, like, every year sort of thing. Yeah. Just to get my wee feed for it. Aye. And that's yeah. it's one of these ones where I, I don't remember how I discovered it either. It, whether it was, if it was just on Netflix, or I feel like it's one of those films that if you're sitting scanning for your TiVo and it's on ITV2 on, like, a fucking Saturday night, and you think, oh, that's fucking Robert De Niro. Oh, that's a cut for fucking... Beethoven and it's just all the fucking comical mishaps that they get into because yeah. it's like a a fucking big sweary version of, of fucking planes, trains and automobile yeah. because they kind of they go that path like they get on the plane Disney work they go on the train get chucked off they get on the fucking bus they, they do everything it kind of rides the coattails uh, like Luther like Wetton like it's almost like a buddy cop yeah ah, like a buddy cop uh, fucking road trip movie because that's it yeah. they're trying to get to fucking like Los Angeles to deliver them to fucking Eddie yeah and Jesus Christ if I haven't found a fucking yeah. better role for fucking Joey Joe, Pants Joe, uh, like oh the fucking epic meltdowns that man has <laughs> I'm like, right, we need you just to go absolute it's, fucking mental in an office. It's the fact that he 
he short changes like De Niro and Marvin through this entire fucking film. Ah, he doesn't need trust any cunt. Any chance he gets, he'll bring somebody else on it and give them a quarter of the cut that he promises yeah. the last guy. And his hair as well. I've, I've still no, I've still no went and watched um, uh, Rescue Business. Oh yeah, I still no went and I still no went and watched it yet. Mm-hmm. But. What was his hair like in that? I think he did have, like, again, it might have just been a fucking, like, a wee weaselly ponytail. Mm. But, man, he was. He was fucking epic in this. Like, the the meltdowns between him and De Niro were almost on par. Like, crying each other fucking motherfuckers and fuck this, yeah. fuck that. And I love his fucking wee sleazeball pal, Jerry. Uh. Who, <laughs> like, is listening in. And every time he's like... Uh, I'm gonna get some donuts. Oh uh, yeah, and you see that shot where he walks up the street then, like, uh, to the phone like, box, around with his hand in his pocket, like he's uh, standing in front of a fucking quick stop. Exactly, and he's feeding information to the mob. Yeah, but they're already being tapped by the fucking police. Yeah, because whenever he made that fucking donut joke, I thought he's gonna go tell the cops, but isn't he? He goes and phones fucking um, Jimmy. Yeah, and I love Jimmy's goons. Yeah, like aye. The, it's it's the tall dopey one. Oh, the, where the, the bobbish head. Aye, out. where they're sitting talking down. Uh, Jack, say right, fucking stand right there. Oh no, it was like they're at the airport and they're getting them shit. So like, what are you doing? You're making things difficult for us. It's like that's a nice coat. Where'd you get that coat? It's like shut up about the coat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Another guy just looks like some fucking extra right at the Sopranos. He, yeah, he's got like aye. New Jersey gangster written all over yeah. him. Where's fucking um, oh, what's his name? The the fucking old Tonight Show host. Who ah fuck it. How was I forgetting that guy's name? He had silver hair, but a little black tuft at the front. He he was a, a Tonight Show host. He was short and husky, but aye, right. fucking I can't remember. But I do love like that how all the characters interact with each other. Yeah. Like, because obviously Jack and John are constantly being caught short, whether it's Sailor Marvin showing up or it's the mobsters showing up. And it's when the fucking mobsters catch them out and they're handcuffed and then Marvin shows up and <laughs> Marvin does the kind of what he's getting himself into. And there's, oh, you better watch out for these guys. Like, really? And he fucking just bucks one of them with a shotgun. Uh, and it's like, hey, sing it, like talking to the microphone. Thump! And just hits the guy <laughs> right in the fucking forehead. And he spends the rest of the movie with a big black fucking bruise <laughs> on his fucking dome. Um, I do. Um, I like the top, the background, the the background story on a uh, on Jack. No, on um, Charles Roden's character. Uh, the fact, he is an accountant and embezzles all this money and, to give to charity. Aye, and he's. Toying with fucking uh, Dennis Farina's character and I'd be sending him like postcards, saying he's having a good time with the money and stuff. But I like it's a proper like bad shit fucking Aye, like, like mental case. The balls on you for mm. fucking pissing off the mob and mm. then rubbing their face in it. How yeah. are you not dead? How are you not woken up with a fucking horse's head and in your bed? He's so what's the word? He's so ah oh, like. Like the scene where like he's in the in the cafe and the woman's talking to him about like the chorizo and eggs. Yes. And that, and he's so like like I want that. I want that for my dinner. 
Aye. Or the scene where they're on the plane and all that, and he has that fucking meltdown where he can't oh, fly. It's and an all that. epic fucking meltdown. Aye. And they just constantly fucking things over mm. for Jack. I do like the first interaction you get between Jack and uh, Alonzo Mosley. Yeah, oh. And the FBI pick him up. Every cunt in sunglasses come and fucking grabs him, shoves him, and barges yeah. him into the car. And I do like it how Jack just pulls out his shades and puts them on. He's like, yeah, I want to use, I want to use. And they're like, that's no fucking funny. Yeah. And um, I mean, fucking obviously the guy that plays Alonzo Mosley, like fucking running man, he was in Alien as well, he played Parker. Mm. Aye. I think what else he was in. But... And it is a what the fucking name, Yafet Koto. Mm. Like when you just see that name, it's like, what the fuck? And it is. He, he's such a fucking great character in this. Where he's just... Like, when he first realises that fucking Jack's using his identity. Yeah. Like, when Jack's sat on a fucking... Was it like a, a plane. And he's sitting, cutting his picture and sticking over it. And the wee kid's like, that's neat. <laughs> <laughs> like, he appreciates the I craftsmanship. I don't know the bit where he gets out the car, though, and he's like, he's like, oh, like, cheers for your ID and that. And he's, like, walking about and he's like, huh. Aye. Like, in the middle of the house, she's like, he's a fucking, fucking badass. shit-eating grin, because... They make an air someone chuck out his sunglasses. He's trying to catch obviously his that, But obviously that comes back to him when fucking Marvin uh, phones up pretending to be him because everybody's pretending to be everybody else in this fucking film. Aye, fuck. Like Marvin's posing as Jack. To get his credit cards cut off. Aye, Jack's that. posing as fucking okay. Alonzo. And then at one point as uh, Jonathan's pretending to be Alonzo when they're in that wee... Uh, like cafe oh, bar I, place yeah with, bar with the, the fucking dodgy 20 pound notes <laughs> yeah and that was a great scene because a big theme of this film is for constantly tailing and betraying each other and with a fucking charles groden's character being like the victim just being dragged from scene to scene and this was like him getting to do a wee con and fucking it got to the point where jack's in on it like they're both fucking hungry they've they've had they every opportunity given to them and it's all went up in fucking smoke in front of them and now they're in a diner and they've just come up with a scam about dodgy 20 notes yeah. and like the description is like the guy who's it giving you this note and he's like tall guy it's like yeah tall and it's like brown hair yeah oh, yeah that's the guy the most loosest description tall guy with fucking dark hair yeah like and it's like oh yeah that must be him the guy who plays it and go oh, yeah. and what's it the day like the they like, rub the note and then... Aye, and fucking nothing happens, but they're going, oh, that's not good. And they start dropping some techno babble. Yeah. And going, oh, yeah, aye, that's, that's not happening. It's not happening. So, yeah, these ones are bad. And they're clearly walking away with about, like, $80 and leaving them with, like, fucking 40 or something. They're leaving but them with, like, surely, two notes. surely, though, like, they, they must have... Like, how they never thought that it would be seen, like, running out of that fucking that freight train. It's fucking <laughs> priceless because they, they're thinking, man, that was the FBI. And the fact that... When uh, John, like Groden's character John, says, like Alonzo Monsley, FBI, and he doesn't even open the badge, Aye. he just shows him the case, just the fucking badge, like, that's enough. But as, like, them dead serious, they've been conned, and it cuts to them running with fucking bags of shopping trying to get onto a fucking train. Yeah. And they're just like, what the fuck are the FBI doing? And obviously, again, it's like everywhere, it's just such constantly away. Jonathan just trying to get away. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like they come to trust each other, then they fuck it up, or they never trust each other. I mean, the the fucking backstory. Obviously, I feel sorry, or I sympathise for Jack. 
for yeah. his backstory because they always look at him like ex cop ran out of Chicago by the fucking mob and you're just wondering when he finally tells his story to to John saying that he was he was close to fucking cracking down on the mob and then all of a sudden he's found all this heroin in his house and it cost him his job his marriage and his family and that exactly <laughs> and there's it's like he's like a tortured soul like that scene where and he goes to his ex-wife's house exactly and he's he's trying to explain it and they're still looking at him like he's just like a piece of shit and he snaps and then his fucking daughter walks in and it's like he's just never seen his daughter in years doesn't know what grade of school she's in and it's just like this fucking moment it's like oh man he's a tortured soul yeah. and there you've got fucking John take like fucking why are you smoking that's not good for you why are you eating chicken wings that's not good for you and he's just he's kind of looking out for him but uh, he's like oh come on let's visit your family like he's really wanting to do this guy a favour it was giving the impression like this guy's gonna get shot at the ends hmm. like fucking John knows what's gonna happen he's trying to get him to meet his family and fucking beg for forgiveness but it does you really sympathise for De Niro's character in this one yeah um I do, I do enjoy the the constant game of one-upsmanship between Jack and Marvin. Yes, uh, like every opportunity. Aye, I do love the sequence where the the three of them in a car. Ah, uh, because uh, they're they're that's fucking. That's they're getting chased by the helicopter. Yes, and you've got fucking uh, John between them going. These are the worst bounty hunters ever. Like he's laughing hysterically because. What the fuck am I in? Like two bounty yeah. hunters. There's a helicopter with some dude with an assault rifle, and I mean it's got the most upbeat fucking music playing over it. Aye, the, the like score Danny is... Elfman's having a fucking blast on oh, the piano. The score, like I'm trying to think what it reminds me of. Aye, because that... what it kind of sounds like it's it, it feels like it's, it's light-hearted as fuck. And exactly, it's almost like, a, like a crime caper. Aye, it's in the sense that it should be fucking. The same soundtrack you'd expect for like the great outdoors, like John Candy and Dan Aykroyd getting yeah. into hijinks. Not you're being gunned down by the mob. Yeah. <laughs> for fucking getting this guy that's embezzled money. But it is, it's like there's trumpets blaring, fucking bass guitar, there's a harmonica at one point, yeah. and it's like, what is going on? Um, I do quite enjoy uh, the character of Jimmy, played by Dennis Farina. Even yeah. though he doesn't hear a lot of screen Not a lot time of time. Yeah. But he is like quite good. I mean, like I've, I'm trying to think of fucking everything I've seen. Dennis Farina. Because he was my earliest. Is it Snatch? Like he's in. Yeah, he plays Avi. Sort of like a um, similar style character. Yeah, my earliest memory is he plays um, Bruce Willis's uncle in Striking Distance. All oh, right. He plays the daddy, Tom Sizemore, and all that. Aye. And it's I think that's like the film that I think it was the first film I seen him in. And I mean, he's been in so many of the films. I mean, the guy's like dead new, obviously. But mm. I'll remember for this film, Shrinking Distance and Snatch, he was fucking brilliant in Snatch. Yeah. Nah, he was. He was. I would just remember that shot where he's fucking like sinking like a shot of whiskey or something. Oh, yeah. On and the, on the play, the fucking camera goes around. Aye. Um, now, I did like. Because obviously, there's a lot of switching. That goes on. So eventually, there's a point where uh, Marvin gets a hold of John. Yeah. And like he's taking him to like a, a fucking airstrip, and it's like, oh, I've got a fear of flying. And Marvin solves it just by punching him in the bus. Uh, it's like, 
thump. It's like, problem solved. And he's just <laughs> dead in the seat. It's the scene, um, obviously, before the, I think it's before the bit where they play the con. Mm-hmm. And they go to like, the wee garage bit. And oh, he's trying to piss off in the wee helicopter yeah, on the, his the, own. The, 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 the wee plane. The wee, <laughs> aye, wee crop duster <laughs> plane. He's like, but you say that you couldn't fly. Aye, and he's got the shit eating grin. He's like, I'm getting away with it. <laughs> and fucking there's fucking Jack Wolf's run up behind him like, you motherfucker, you! And he just wants to sit and knock absolute fuck out of him. Because it is. It's just been a whole con all along. Like, the, the fucking massive panic attack. It's like, he's just making bullshit up to get away with. Yeah. It's brilliant. And uh, as as obviously like I do like the scene also we're going back to the bit where like, everybody's wanting to be like Alonzo Mosley. It's yeah. a scene where obviously they evacuate the plane and like the real the real the real Alonzo Mosley steps in. Aye. And he's like talking to the captain and that and he's like Ah Another Alonzo? Yeah. Aye. He's like and I bet you're gonna tell me you're um, taking this guy here and there and I was like, I've already had that. Yeah. And it's his fucking, it's his, like, it's his, like, assistant. It's when he gets, like, the phone call in the newspaper and he's like, am I going to like this? And he's like, nah. Aye. He's just so blunt. Yeah. Because it's like, he's like, I do believe he's got your identification. Aye. And he's like, no shit. <laughs> he just, like, he doesn't say anything but his look. Yeah. The fucking white of his eyes. It's the fact that you know, like they all it's like they're so close to getting them that they somehow slip out. I, like the bit where they get ambushed after the bus. Yeah. And like Like the mobs way in and then like it's the same with this fucking train. Like when the train stops and it's like a sea of police. Yeah. All waiting. It's like you know they could have just jumped off like earlier on and they're just looking at him like, You son of a bitch, like you're fucking right, aren't you? And you've got that great bit where you've got Jack dragging John and John's like you know trains stop at stations so people get could get off without having to fucking jump off the side of it and they're just they're constantly bickering at each other mm. and there's a there's that great moment where they kind of sat and it's like you know under different circumstances we could have been friends <laughs> <laughs> but oh. Jack's got this fucking dream of running a wee coffee shop yeah but, oh man it's just, that's just something about this film I, I didn't come with us, but I just, I hint like the rewatch factor on it is just fucking. And then like, you probably pick up more every time you watch it, like mm. things you never noticed before, because I always forgot when Jack more or less sides with Mosley and agrees to put on a wire to fucking uh, stitch up uh, Jimmy. Yeah. And Jack's dropping all the fucking, like, well, if we get him to take the discs, and he's like, right, we could get him for attempted murder with a gun, we got like possession for this, that, and he's dropping all this law. And all the fucking police guys are like, what? And Mosley's like, mildly impressed. And like, this guy could have, like, you could tell he wasn't dealing drugs. Like, he was fucking screwed over yeah. for refusing to go on Jimmy's fucking, like, going on the books and becoming a crooked cop. And the guy's actually got some yeah. morals. But, uh, did you know there's um, Midnight Run was franchised? Um, I did not know this until the day when I went and sourced my copy of it. It come up with was a sequel. I don't know about the franchise, but I knew there was a second one. Was it called Another Midnight Run? Yes. Uh, in 1994, there was three TV movies. Oh, dear uh, God. With the character Jack Walsh, 
played by Christopher McDonald. Happy Shooter Gilmore's McGavin. Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin. Yeah. Uh, so you had another Midnight Run, Midnight Run Around, and Midnight Run for Your Life. <sighs> and it's the same shit. It was like um, Jack Walsh has to fucking capture uh, two con artists and bring them to Los Angeles. Why does it have to be all deal? Anyway. So I mean, if if Joe if Joe Pantolano was in all fucking I, all of them, I probably would have watched them. The cast did not look quite familiar, but aye. Now, <sighs> this isn't a short film. Yeah, it's like two hours and a bit. Yeah, and uh, it, it, sometimes I feel it it does repeat itself quite a lot because there is lots of one ups. It's like catch me if you can. Yeah, They're constantly chasing after each other, missing each other. And it's like, man, I reckon if they, they play this for too long, but it's just because it's ongoing. Like, the amount of times, like, they're all fucking chasing each other into the fucking desert. Like, yeah. the, the fucking, is it the canyon? And it's just... Oh, uh, yeah. Like, you get that great helicopter shot where it's just a sea of red cars that they've managed to escape from. Yeah. And it is, it's just, because that's it. They're in a fucking stolen Jeep at this point. It's just like... They're constantly going from vehicle to vehicle, <laughs> depending whatever it fucking is. Jack will find a way to fucking hot wires a vehicle and fuck off in it. But mm. um, who steals it for you? Um, probably Charles Grodin, eh? Just because obviously, like you come, like obviously because I mean, for him the boss to steal fifteen million dollars, like more money, and then do what he does. But the fact that he's playing Jack all this way along and all. Like, aye. he's actually got his wires fucking tight he, he switched on aye and for me I, I do love the fucking banter between uh, Jack and Eddie and like when Jack's been arrested and he's at the FBI and he wants his phone call and he phones Eddie and he's like you motherfucker I'm gonna fucking kill you and you slowly see every police officer looking around going what the fuck is this boy doing? Like, threatening the murder. And he's like, what? He's got this great line. He's like, you're a sleaze ball in a sea of pus. Like, <laughs> he's just, like, you're the fucking lowest of the low. I did, I did quite enjoy the ending. Like, what, the, like the, the airport showdown. Yeah, it wasn't like bullet laden as what you were kind of expecting. It was intense. Like, the, the score changed. It wasn't like happy and upbeat. It yeah, was like, it was quite... like, dum, dum. like, it was like, oh, fucking hell. Because, they're going for like this meeting to fuck over Jimmy and yeah. like the fucking the, the wire stops working and, and then Martin comes in and fucking Martin Marvin Marvin ah he's fucking clueless he's ready to pull his fucking pistol in an airport and start running and like you just see Alonzo and all the FBI from afar going oh fuck we need deal with him, deal with him and it's like shoot him in the fucking head if you have to <laughs> like just get him away from them. <laughs> And, it and the fact that like Jonathan can see the actual other mafia guys coming in that are actually going to shoot them aye, as Jimmy's like, walking away with the discs. And fucking Jack's panicking like fuck. He's like, he's like Jimmy's got the discs. He's got the discs. And he's just fucking talking. But it's, it was like, who hit him on the shoulder? Marvin. Aye. And it just fucking kills the wire. Aye. And it's just he has to fucking shout it just to fucking save themselves. And again... Fucking everybody swarms in. Ah, it's like there was not one legitimate customer at airport. Everyone just fucking dived. <laughs> All there was, was either the mob or the FBI or fucking stupid bounty hunters. And it's the look 
the fucking grin on Alonzo's face as he takes the discs off Jimmy when he's being arrested. Mm. Like, I fucking waited for this day. And then you get the whole bit where he phones, phones Eddie, tells him he's got him and he's in Los Angeles. Aye. And then fucking tells him to <laughs> stick it. <laughs> yeah. Let him go. Aye. He's like, what? <laughs> and it, I like how... Aye, because Eddie's going to be out of business mm. if he doesn't deliver because he's took the bail bond to fucking whatever it cost. Aye. I mean, I blame fucking Jerry, like... I know, like, they were just constantly fucking screwing each other over. Everyone was screwing over everyone. Not one cunt to be trusted in that film. And then at the end... When he gives them the money belt. Aye, like, cunts had it on him all along. Boy's sitting greeting because he's no getting the chorizo and egg omelette. <laughs> it's like, the boy's carrying thousands. <laughs> uh, like, it's, it's a Mexican spicy sausage. <laughs> and then you get the wee upbeat fucking... Trumpet music playing. Aye, and... And then I'm stopping the taxi driver asking if he's going to change a thousand. Aye, and it's like, screw you, you bum! <laughs> the driver's <laughs> like, the man's loaded now. Crying on my bum. And he's like, I guess I'll walk. Uh, Aye. It is. It is an easy watch. Uh, I fucking love this one. Um, you want to hit us with the BBT? Yeah. Um, did you notice, also, no... Much other, but did you notice who it was that played Marvin? It was John Ashton. Yeah, I think, but I didn't recognise him from that. He off the top of my head, played fucking oh man, what his his name? Played Tiger and uh, Bella Hillcop. All oh, right, no seen that. I enough. don't fucking... know if he was in the first one of, or if it was the second one. Eh, let's see. Yeah, it was. He played Sergeant Taggart in one and two. Remember, Taggart wasn't in the third one because he retired, and it was the other one that got shot to shit along with fucking Woodward. Aye. In the amusement park. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, budget for this one? Would you think? Bob De Niro, eighties. I guess it'd be quite high. He's, I don't know. Uh, Forty mil. Uh, 30 mil. Oh man, I had 30 and I just thought I'd put 10 mil in. Uh, do you reckon I made his money back? Yeah. I mean, for it being like a film that doesn't it, it's no regarded and high, you know. Right. It's it's not like, it's no... it's like naming 10 fucking De Niro films. Yeah, you I go, you go through all the mob, all the Scorsese, yeah. uh, the domestically, domestically, it took 38.4. Foreign, it took forty three point two, so it, it almost tripled its money. Aye, which is all right. Totally. Uh, Trevor note says the boxcar scene involving Jack and John was almost entirely improvised. Aye. Uh, Martin Brest told Charles Grodin to come up with stuff that would even make uh, Bob laugh. <laughs> It's the scene where he talks about if he's ever had sex with an animal or something like that. Aye, the thing about the chicken is like... Yeah, that's like completely, almost completely improvised. Um, Charles Grodin's got scars on his wrists from the handcuffs that he constantly wore during filming. Aye. I mean, he did get dragged a lot in that film. Yeah. It's the scene where they, they get fucking ambushed coming off that bus and they're in the parking lot and they're over the wall doing the size of the buses underneath the buses and he's fucking dragging him into the car. <laughs> I've just realised 
like when you mentioned John Ashton was in uh, Beverly Hills Cop, he's coming to that Edinburgh Comic Con next month. Aye, yes, him and and Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Aye, I was like, wait a minute, there's two cunts going. Like, I just shout, "Hey, Marvin, look!" <laughs> uh, this is probably my favourite bit of trivia for this film. Uh, after doing the Untouchables, De Niro wanted to do something a bit light-hearted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he put his name in at the heart for the lead role in Big. <laughs> but the studio didn't want him, so he done this instead. They're too fucking scary. Oh, you'd imagine though. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to picture him because obviously it's Tom Hanks. Imagine him doing the fucking piano bit. Uh, <laughs> just no it's like <laughs> no that, that'd be a fucking horror movie uh, and uh, Dennis, uh, Dennis Farina shot all his scenes in Las Vegas because he was busy filming Crime Story at the same time there oh. so he was basically doing fucking two films at once while Aye. filming a TV show whatever it is oh man I fucking I love this film yeah. like, everybody has to at least see it Totally, it's one of these ones where is you have to have seen it at least once. The fucking it's, it's would you say it's a hidden gem? Ah, yeah, definitely in, in fucking De Niro's career. Yeah, like I said, it's a film that like no a lot of folk talk about. Like you're saying, like if you say to like see ten people in a room named ten De Niro films, I'd be surprised if even one of them mentions Drops this one. Drops run. Aye, that would be a surprising like a good pool, but. Um, you want to have a look at Amazon one star reviews mm, I've got a feeling that's probably a couple of questions there is uh, let's see 211 reviews in total uh, 4% are one star which turns out to be 7 and when I looked at it 6 of them are complaints about the Blu-ray uh, the, uh, the Blu-ray has got a really weird cover art on it mm. it looks almost like it's pirated Aye, it's different because obviously like the standard poster is them walking down the highway. Yeah. Like De Niro, Dragon, fucking Charles, but... Uh, so yes, the sole negative review comes from someone called Rhino. Yeah. I don't think it's ECW Superstar. Yeah. Um, the, the review is titled, Oh No! And it reads, Dated. Uh, dated doesn't come into it. Loved it when it came out, but De Niro's sleepwalks his way through it. Thin plot, poor script, and as for the music, the best thing about this film is Charles Grodin. What an actor he was. Uh, in fact, I'm spending no more time writing about this waste of celluloid. Uh, I mean, you've got to please everybody. Aye. I mean, does it expect like, <laughs> every Bob De Niro film to be a mob film? I mean... When like, was there a release date for that review? Uh, twenty fourteen. So he's obviously not seen Derek Grandpa at that point because it's yeah. not been out yet. Now saying that there was four comments left on this. Oh, uh, sure. let's see. Mick replies saying, "Oh no, Rhino's forgotten to take his medication." <laughs> <laughs> and then someone left saying, "There's always one." And what an actor he was. Why was? Why was he still is? I need to point out that he's not dead. Mm. And uh, clearly the other 53 people who have reviewed this movie must have got it wrong. Mm. So this is just the trolls fighting back. Yeah. Obviously we mentioned uh, one star reviews from Amazon because this is our sole plug of the show. 
Uh, feel free to go to filmsandswearing.com and click on our Amazon link and do some shopping. I'll say it's coming up for Christmas, Halloween and all those things. Order that shit off of Amazon, but just go to filmsandswearing.com first. Yep. And Midnight Run doesn't have a steelbook. No. I imagine maybe if it gets a... It's one of these ones where I can't imagine it getting an Arrow release, but no. if they released Ronin... Yeah. It's not completely out of the picture, but... Uh, it'll be pleasant to kind of see it, because that's it, well, it was 88, so it's already kind of missed, like, a big anniversary release. And that's one would be 2023 for 35. Aye. Because so, last year was its 30. Aye, exactly. That's where you would expect it, like a premium Blu-ray release. But, aye. Uh, next time on the Films and Swearing Movie Podcast, we reach our season finale with 1989. Uh, I put a poll on Twitter a few hours ago with four random films. I believe it was... Back to the Future 2, The Abyss. Oh, you're fucking going deep into uh, Cameron territory. Yeah, just looking for shit I haven't seen. And fuck, what was it? There was uh, Cyborg. Oh, the Van Damme one. Never seen it. And as I was scrolling through, there was a Godzilla movie out that year. So I put that one in there as well. Mm. And Godzilla vs. Boyolanti. And let's have a look they should have one of those years there so what's you're looking for either Black Rain Indiana Jones 3 Dead Cam or See No Evil Hear No Evil yeah currently it's got three votes and Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade is winning it oh no somebody just voted in it uh, Indiana Jones is winning it now by two votes Black Rain's one that I've never seen. It's a Ridley Scott film. With Michael Douglas? Yeah, it's uh. like today with the Yakuza and all that, I think. Mm. It's like a, pretty sure it's like a neo-noir film. Ah, my poll uh, has finished and Godzilla won. How long was your poll on for? Uh, just four hours. Ah. I just done it this afternoon. Just so I'd have an answer. I think I had it set to finish at eight o'clock. Ah, right. And it's now quarter to eleven. So it finished a wee while ago. I was surprised. I actually expected Back to the Future 2 to run away with it because yeah. it's Back to the Future 2. But yeah. no, fucking uh, Godzilla versus a giant plant monster oh, no. will be oh. my movie next week. That'll be interesting. So, yeah, I voted for uh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil for That's yourself. A fucking That's brilliant a fucking cracker. A brilliant film. Ken so. Spacey as well. Ah, shit, it? I forgot. I just minded that fucking woman leaning out of the shower uh, and fucking yeah. uh, Gene, Wilder. Gene Wilder just yeah. <laughs> fucking falling over. I just, I always remember the scene like watching it with my dad and I was at the age where I knew like everything and I just, it's a bit where um, the corner of Richard Pryor and the corner of the alleyway, the woman and Kenneth Space also, they play like the killers that And the woman's like, kind of last request. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Pryor like I guess a blowjob was out of the question <laughs> and my dad was fucking in stitches absolute <laughs> hysterics watching it oh. and I was just like I know what that is and yeah. I'm, I'm not going to ask him because I already know <laughs> oh. so I um, if you'd like to follow us on social media it is at FAS Podcast so you find us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram but yeah I don't know that. Uh, any final words, Mike? 
<laughs> we have. We've been podcasting for a little while now. Um, trying to think. Watch my net run. Aye, totally. Look at it. Right, it's worth. You could probably pick up and see it for a pound on DVD. Totally, that's like one of these things where it's probably fifty pence now. Yeah. But aye, if I can look it out, definitely <laughs> worth two hours of your time. And ladies and gentlemen, fuck off and tune in next week. <laughs>